Hello, my name is Paul Boag and you're listening to Digital Insights. And today I want you to buckle up and enjoy a rant that I'm about to have about every terrible UI design decision I regularly see on bad websites. I can promise you it's not going to be pretty. I'm a grumpy old man, really, in internet terms, having worked in the industry for 25 years. And like all grumpy old men, I enjoy good rant, especially when it comes to bad websites. And there are oh so many of them. With lockdown in full effect, I'm as grumpy as hell right now. And so this week's podcast is going to be a little bit of fun where I'm going to let out some of my festering frustrations with the web. But I should warn you, the language might get a little right. So if you're uncomfortable with that, probably want to skip this particular episode. Okay, so I'm going to skip right past dark patterns because I've written about them so much before. And instead, I want to focus on those little things that really piss me off. Those little things that seem to occur with regular frequency on bad websites everywhere. And I want to jump straight in with overlays. Now, I'm not one of those zealots that claim that all overlays are bad. There are a time and a place for everything, even the accursed overlay. But overlays that are shoved into your face the minute you arrive on a website, just come bugger off. Because let's face it, there's only one reason to display an overlay on load, and that's to scream in my face about some promotion or other. However, there's no way I'm going to be interested in whatever you have to sell until I've at least had a look around your site a bit. So stop shouting at my face the minute I turn up. Oh, and by the way, I include those little annoying chat things that pop up in the corner of your browser. Sure, offer me chat. That's fine. But you can even put one of those little icons at the bottom of the screen. That's fine too. But don't pop up as if you're initiating a conversation. That's the virtual equivalent of being pounced on by a salesperson the minute you walk into a shop. Finally, I want to make a special mention for those ass-covering cookie notification overlays. They say that the road is paved with good intentions and the European Commission's cookie legislation is a poster child for that particular phrase. The resulting shitstorm is a veritable tsunami of pop-ups and overlays on every sodding website that I visit demanding that I approve cookies before using the site. The annoying thing is that it's completely unnecessary. Yes, you need to inform users that how you're going to use their data. But I would argue there isn't a single person on the planet that's read every cookie notification on every website they visited. It's the equivalent of iTunes terms and conditions all over again. The only reason organizations use cookie pop-ups is that everybody else does it and you can't get sued for doing the same thing as everybody else. It's herd thinking at its worst. It's about protecting the organization's liability, not keeping users informed about how you're using their data. I think a clearly written and accessible privacy statement is much better way of doing things. Right, anyway, next. Who woke up one day and thought to themselves, you know those ubiquitous hero images. How can we make them more annoying? Because whoever it was invented the idea of playing a background video in them. I mean, how am I supposed to read the copy that overlays these background videos when there's all of this shit stuttering around behind them? Are you trying to cause me some kind of seizure? 
Oh, and that reminds me about pointless looping animations as well. Look, I love animation on websites. I think that it plays an essential role in drawing attention and creating engagement. But that doesn't mean you need to be looping it around in my peripheral vision. If I'm trying to read a piece of your carefully crafted copy and there's a looping animation on the page somewhere, it's like one of those infield news reports when there's some dickhead pulling faces in the background and that's all you can concentrate on. You don't hear a word that's being said. But I'm not entirely done with video yet either. I've got more to rant about. Like many people, I sit in bed at night looking at websites on my smartphone and my angelic wife is peacefully sleeping next to me when I go and click on a new web page. Suddenly, as if out of nowhere, sound starts blasting from some video audio file that's been set to play automatically. Terror grips my heart as the Leviathan next to me wakes. In a moment, she's transformed from an angel sent from heaven to the devil incarnate. All of the pain that is then heaped upon my weary brow is because of some dumb website. Your website is destroying my marriage. Don't you understand? But I digress. I'm not done with bad design decisions just yet. I want to take a moment to teach designers how to design because apparently they don't know. You don't add imagery just to make a, a page look more interesting. If you need imagery to do that, then your interface sucks and the image isn't going to fix that. Excellent typography and good use of color uh, can add interest to any web page. There's no need for imagery to be used. No, imagery plays exactly two roles. First, it should support the content by demonstrating a point or communicating information directly. Second, it should elicit a particular feeling in users. And pointless stock imagery admittedly does elicit a feeling in me, but I'm pretty sure um, that it's not the feeling that you want me to be feeling. Stop adding imagery for the sake of it. Not only does it add visual clutter to the page, but it also slows down your sight. And you don't want to make me wait around. I've long since lost any patience online. Talking of making me wait around, let's talk about those sodding social media icons. Look, I'm okay with you asking me to follow on media, although for what it's worth, I'm never going to do that. However, you don't need to use some dodgy plugin or third-party tool to provide a set of social media icons all neatly lined up on your website. I mean, what's the point? Have you looked at your analytics? Has anybody actually ever used them? You don't even give me a good reason to follow you. You just display a list of flashy icons that look entirely out of place on your website in a hope that somebody's going to click on them. Don't even get me started on those icons that are tethered to the screen and follow you around like some creepy eyes in an old painting. My biggest problem with them is they tend to slow down your overly bloated website even more than it already is. It's like the wafer-thin mint that causes me to explode. If you're failing to grasp quite how bloated your website has become, ask yourself why you feel the need to display a progress bar. You know things have gone wrong with your website when you need to show a progress bar to users. Like they're going to wait around for you to get your shit together. However, the worst thing about progress bars is that they're fake. They aren't even showing how much your obese website is still left to download. Heck, they aren't even confirming that the browser hasn't hung because of your excessive use of JavaScript. They're just an animated GIF mindlessly spinning away, oblivious to what's actually happening in the browser. 
Talking of oblivious to what's happening in the browser, stop flipping breaking it. The browser is like a forbearing partner. It takes all the abuse we throw at it from terrible code to bloated websites, diligently turning our shit into beautifully rendered websites. All it asks in return is that we honor the history of previous pages that it keeps. But we can't even do that, can we? No, we have to break the browser history because, I mean, web pages, they're so web 1.0. I'm sick of websites where the back button doesn't work or you can't even copy and paste the URL and return to the same state on a site that I'm looking at. I'm so over lazy coders who can't even build a website that doesn't undermine the very essence of how the web works. Talking of lazy developers, I could not write a rant like this without turning my wrath on capture. You know what? I've lost my steam. All the energy's drained out me. I can't bear the idea of having to explain once again why capture sucks. I'm fed up saying it, and I'm fed up with people ignoring me, simply because the alternative needs a brain cell and a modicum of effort. Sure, go ahead. Use Capture. I don't care anymore. I suppose it's slightly less annoying than once it was. After all, I probably like identifying traffic lights in a grid of tiny pictures. I just haven't realised it yet. Capture has been irritating me for so long that, to be honest, I've become oblivious to it now. However, I can still find some venom to direct at your passwords. Remember the good old days when we had one password for everything? Those were good times. Then websites started to ask for numbers in our passwords, so we all did the same thing and added the number one to the end of our regular password. Then it started to get even more complicated. We had to have capital letters, punctuation. Oh yes, and we had to write our passwords in ancient Sanskrit. However, what really pisses me off the most is that websites tell me that my password is too weak. You patronising bastards. Don't judge me. And anyway, if I want an insecure password, that's my prerogative. Of course, these days I don't have an excuse. I mean, all the browsers have lovely built-in password managers. Except, of course, websites are managing to break those too, because, you know, why not? Have you noticed the new trend of splitting login fields across two screens? First, it shows you the username, and then after you've entered that and submitted it, it shows you the password. Well, that completely breaks most password managers. Not completely, admittedly. However, it does make it mean that I have to initiate the manager twice, once to fill in the username and then again to fill in the password. And that's especially annoying on mobile devices. But hey, who cares about usability as long as it is more secure and it involves the minimal amount of development effort? Right. I feel like I'm almost done. Criticize developers? Check. Slagged off designers? Check. Oh, oh, I forgot marketers. You people write some complete bollocks, don't you? I'm almost unsure of where to start. I could write an entire book on it, but really you aren't worth the effort. Instead, I shall just pick on one thing. I'm going to go with those meaningless strap lines you love to write. When I arrive on a website, I want to know what the company does and how it can help me. Instead, the description that is supposed to tell me this is some pretentious and meaningless garbage about transforming the world or using the word synergy for no good reason. 
Even when it is understandable, it's usually so generic as to be meaningless. For example, I recently saw the following line. We pride ourselves on offering outstanding customer service. Now, I confess, I was deeply disappointed on reading this because I was hoping for a company that offered terrible customer service. Fortunately, I'd seen another site that proudly announced that, it, uh, that they treated their customers like dirt, so I went with them. I am, of course, being sarcastic. Every company uh, claims to provide excellent customer service, and so what's the point of saying it? It's so generic as to be pointless. Yes, I know in all of this, I'm being unreasonable. Yes, there are good reasons for any of the things that I've ranted about here. But as a user, why should I care? Why should I give a damn about your internal politics or your development issues? I'm, I'll just move on to the web, next website and forget that you even exist. You're just not worth my trouble. Okay, so in all of this, I've exaggerated for comic effect. And yes, I am enjoying a good rant here. However, you'd have thought after 25 years of the web, we would have sorted this kind of shit by now. Surely, surely we can do better.